culture is anything you create or allow. So we realized very early on, there's not one thing in our home that we're not responsible for. Because we either created it or we're allowing it. It's good. Welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast, where relationships and ministry meet. Well, welcome to this episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. I'm Kristen, and always joined around the table here with Randy. How are you today? Man, I'm doing. I'm doing great. Just that was finished. Hesitant. I mean, no, I'm just <laughs> thinking how excited I am. Because what this week holds for us here at Bayside and our youth win. conference, and uh, you know, it's a it's a big deal. And so many churches bring their students here, and we do this whole PK track to help invest in PKs and help them have encounters with God. So I didn't hesitate. I just am so excited. I just I'm looking forward to this week. It is. It's such a good week. And I love it. It's such a great reminder about what we do. If, if if you're listening and you don't know about it, it's 12 conference is what we call it. This is our, tw- is this our 12th, 12th year of wow. 12 conference this mm-hmm. year? And, uh, and yeah, there's a whole PK track that really has been a passion point of you and Amy's mm-hmm. uh, to really pour into pastors, lead pastors, kids. And, and our kids too. They yes. kind of were the catalyst of this as well to now turn around and help these next generation of PKs that are coming up in high school and middle school and invest in them and uh, give them some, uh, it's the relationships with other PKs that have helped my kids the most. Mm. Somebody else to call, talk to. And so all of that's gonna be happening this week. So I'm like super excited. I mean, I really, so there was no hesitation. No, And I love this too. And then there's like 2,500 students (laughs) that are gonna be joining us in this building. Absolutely. Which will be smelly and awesome. I'm gonna just (laughs) tell people like next year too, because this thing will, well, I've already made the announcement, but we're moving to USF, the University of South Florida, so to their exciting. arena next year. And the after party will be a private Bush Gardens for all the students. So if you're listening, just you want to come to 12 conference in 2024, <laughs> it is going to be phenomenal. So it, it, it will. And you can actually, if you're listening, all of that information, 12conference.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a website. It'll have it all on there. So be yeah. sure to check it out. Um, it is an incredible time for all of our young people. And and we are, it's kind of a good segue actually into today's topic on the podcast. And we've got some great friends of yours joining us. We've got Pastor Sean and your lovely wife, Diana uh, Nepstead from California. Yeah. Here yes. in Florida, like <laughs> West Coast meets East Coast. Here I we are. Yeah. We're, we're here in the house and we're going to talk about uh, parenting and family and how do we maintain a healthy family mm-hmm. in ministry. Um, and you and Amy have done such an amazing job at that. And I uh, had the privilege of seeing you, Sean and Diana, your, your children, and just such a testament of the type of men and women that you are. And so we're excited to learn and, and glean from, from you today. You've got four daughters, yeah. Yeah. four daughters, one son-in-law, and you just welcomed uh, a grandbaby, yes? Yes, yes, he's just five weeks old. He's oh. the best thing in the whole world. Five oh, weeks, that's man. fresh. And his shoe game is strong already. <laughs> Thanks to you, is yeah, that, yeah, is yeah. that okay? That gene thank the Lord. <laughs> That's wonderful. And you guys out here just celebrated your 25th wedding anniversary. So congratulations. Thank Thank you. you. Some Um, legends in here. We're going to learn a lot. 
And it is always great to, you know, I know this is such a passion point of Randy, yours and Amy's, and we talk about parenting and family. Amy's been on the podcast, mm-hmm. your kids have been on the podcast. And, right. But it's always great to get another perspective because every family looks different. There's different dynamics. Totally. And um, and so we're excited to have you here and ready to kind of I can't of wait for everybody in. to hear from these guys because the first time that I met uh, Sean and Diana, well, the first time I met their kids, you just could tell like there's some depth and some richness here and so uh, i've learned a lot from them we've adopted some things uh just listening to them so for everybody to hear today it's gonna be so gonna good be so just good. get ready uh, well let's jump in you know because that what you just described it doesn't happen by accident mm-hmm. and i'm sure there are some things you've stumbled into along the way but I, I would imagine that as you look back you you've learned some things and so i'd love to kick off the conversation and let's just talk about just what is the role of a parent and how does that look as the seasons change because mm. it may look a little different at the beginning than it does now mm. where you just you know you've got a grandbaby so let's talk let's kick it off and let's talk mm-hmm. about that yeah i did a series called apparently and the word parent is tucked into the word apparently and that's Slow how down, a lot of professor <laughs> that's how a lot of us parents like well apparently i'm a parent but i'm not really sure what i'm doing right and i just remember we had four daughters under the age of two when they were first born had a two-year-old a one-year-old and twins were zero god bless yeah we're, we're really <laughs> Diana, good I don't know we're really good planners you meant god bless me we don't feel sorry for you buddy sometimes, you were the problem that wasn't my fault sometimes i was like can we just cuddle you know that's how it starts that's where it all starts we had four in diapers at the same time uh honestly you've seen a double stroller we had a triple stroller and one on a leash. You know, you just do what you got to do. But um, I remember this one time. It, it's the best story I have about parenting, and that is um, our girls never knew what the ice cream truck was. And I feel partly responsible for that because I was the one that told them, girls, every time it came by, that's the music truck. <laughs> that's great. You know how it plays a little song? Yeah, yeah of course. They thought for the first two years of their life that the, the music truck would come by to just spread joy to neighborhoods and we would open the door they wouldn't even chase after it because they why they didn't know why they'd come out high music truck high music truck they'd smile and wave and we had a lot of confused drivers because they were like did you want ice cream i'm like buddy keep it moving yeah. now uh, you might think it's messed up but do you, do you know how much money i saved in two years you didn't have a buck 25 ten dollars for an ice cream sandwich i don't yeah, think so it ain't about 25 not anymore that's what it was when i was growing up yeah. like, no it <laughs> is it's like ten dollars for one but like push-up pop everything right. changed what? the day i picked them up from grandma's house grandma my my mother-in-law my uh, wife this is a mother-in-law of story in yeah. words. okay so these girls come running out and hadassah our eldest who's the only one who's already able to articulate intellectually she says dad dad eyes wide as saucer she says dad guess what i said what is it what happened she said, you'll never guess what happened. The music truck has ice cream, too. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> grandma ruined no. everything in that moment. Thanks a lot, Grandma. <laughs> but I realized uh, that there are phases for parenting that you have to be aware of. This is going to help you. And that is from zero to five years old, you have to gain some type of control of the child to where you speak once and they listen. 
It's not counting to three because you're giving them two or three more chances to rebel and teaching them that's okay. Like we've all seen that little kid screaming on the other side of the store Mm -hmm. and the mom's like, one, Jimmy one, Jimmy two, Jimmy two and a half. You want me to go to three, Jimmy? And then they start back at one, like Brian McKnight, like one, (laughs) one. And we're on the other side of the store like, three, Jimmy, three, (laughs) three. Jerk a knot in his chain. (laughs) But zero to five, you get controlled where you speak once and they listen. Six to 12 is all training. Zero to five, get control. Six to 12, training. It's instilling values in them. Here's who we are. Here's why we do what we do. 13 to 18 is all coaching. You're now coaching them. They're starting to make their own decisions on their own, but they're not grown yet. You have to coach them. And a mentor is somebody who puts something in you. A coach pulls something out of you. Mm. 18-ish and beyond, you become a consultant. I say 18-ish because like our daughter, uh, Hadassah, who's now married, has a baby. I'm a consultant. Diana's a consultant in their life. I'm there if you need us. But I can't can I can't speak into your life anytime I want to now. But here's how here's the confusion. A lot of kids think they're grown at 18 because they get a credit card in the mail. And the, the world says they're grown. Here's how you know you're ready to step into phase four, and that is when you don't need any more money from me <laughs> and you don't need a roof <laughs> over your head from me. Are you grown yet? No. All right, mom and I are dedicated to getting you to the to the independent world, but you're not there yet. Nobody is more dedicated to helping you get there. So zero to five, get control. Problem is, a lot of times in phase three, parents are trying to get control, and it's too late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zero to five, get control. Six to 12, train, instill values. Here's who we are. Here's what we do, why we do it. Then you're coaching, and then you become a consultant. I've, I've learned that those four phases to understand what season you're in helps you parent in a better way. So good. Right? Yes. I see, Diana, Diana, what you got to add to that, girl? <laughs> well, that that's a perspective from more like the dad yeah. um, speaking into, as the role of a dad speaking into the kids. I think the role of a mom is, you know, you do all of the hard work as soon as, you know, you get pregnant, you're nurturing the per- pregnancy, and when the um, child is birthed, then the relationship is more of on 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 time training Mm. you're being trained as well to nurture the child Mm -hmm. but what the goal is to be their friend at the end of that season which is 18 you're you're never done being the parent yeah Mm -hmm. you will always be the mom of that child Mm -hmm. you won't stop praying for them you won't stop caring for them you won't stop nurturing them you're always thinking about them making sure that they won't kill themselves you know (laughs) But um, the goal of all of that parenting is actually having the friendship when they turn 18, because most parents, they lose that. Mm. The child doesn't want anything to do with them Mm. after 18. So the goal is for the mom in the relationship to have and foster a relationship when they turn 18, because you want them to return home. You want Mm. them to enjoy your company. You want them to listen to your words. You want them to be around during Christmas time and the family table. Mm. So Mm. that's my great perspective and two sides to it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. (coughs) 
Well, let's kind of go a little bit further on that. So so kind of talking about the goal that everybody desires that yes. at, at the end, whatever, 18 plus, we'll, we'll, yeah. kind of the ish. It's more of a station um, than a season, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, wherever that is, if that, that is the goal, the desire. Um, you know, one of the things on the podcast, we always like to talk really practical, like yeah. it, the, the principles we need to know, but we also like, how do we dig in practically? So when you look back, and Randy, I'd love for you to chime in as well, because mm -hmm. I, I know uh, you and Amy have worked very hard and diligently to do the same thing with mm -hmm. your adult kids now. Uh, what are some practical things that you've done maybe throughout the stages? Uh, because it, it probably looked different as they as they went through stage one, two, three, um, that you would say these are some these are some really strong principles, some strong practicals that really helped us. I look back and I'd say, I would definitely do that maybe I wouldn't do mm -hmm. this one, but I would definitely do this mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. You have to create a culture in your home that's stronger than the culture trying to deceive your kids. Culture is anything you create or allow. So we realized very early on, there's not one thing in our home that we're not responsible for because we either created it yeah. or we're allowing it. It's good. And most parents I see just allow stuff yeah. to happen without establishing clear boundaries. And um, it would not have been good for me to raise myself. You know, I, I pick wrong. <laughs> so we made a lot of decisions up front. We agreed on discipline. We agreed on we're not going to have our children sleep over anyone's house. Uh, we had friends and family members upset with us. We do not care. This is a, this is, we, you can do whatever you want to do. For our house, we're not going to do sleepovers because we both had bad experiences when we were younger. It took one night. Mm -hmm. for something bad to happen and we just weren't willing to succumb to peer pressure or anything else because we're on a mission our mission is we got to raise these girls so we homeschooled them that was a choice as a big idea and a big issue that we struggled with for a long time and I, really diana homeschooled them i was more the principal you know <laughs> yeah but talk to them. A presence. Talk, a presence. Diana, she talk was to the them. principal, the teacher. I was yeah. a disciplinarian, yeah, she, jailer, centurion. I was a charge of Sean, be quiet for a minute. Diana, tell turn, us about turn, my, turn Diana's mic up. Yeah, would you mute him somebody? <laughs> talk about even the dinner table and, and those moments of, of teaching the girls. And Diana did such a phenomenal job. Oh, you're sweet. Um, I think for, for the both of us, we, we decided when we got married, um, we kind of put our cards on the table. So when you approach the table of, of your life, your marriage, you have to forecast into the future what kind of family you want, what kind of a couple you will be, or, or what kind of kids you, you want at the end of your life, because mm -hmm. that will be the story that will keep resonating as you're going through hard times. It's like having a vision. Uh, keep it simple, keep it plain, because yeah. that's what you'll run um, mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. as the future you know, begins to unfold itself. Um, and so we laid our cards out on the table. We talked about you know, when we got married, our, you know, our history, sexual history, all of that. And um, just to be honest you know, with the people that are probably listening to this. And as soon as we touched on kids, we decided you know, what we wanted, what we valued in our own families, but at the same time, some of the toxic things that we approached mm. you know, in our own lives. Like for me personally, it was you know, making sure that things that um, like I walked through my journey as far as um, child abuse. So that was a very um, strong voice 
in our parenting, making sure that the kids were safe. Mm -hmm. And so in, a, in the day and culture that we're living in with sex trafficking and all of that, not to go so dark and deep, but that is a reality a real, in our world. Yeah. And so when we started our family planning and th um, thinking through on that, you know, sleepovers were an absolute no. We, we see, you know, that a lot of harm can happen in someone else's home. You don't know what mom and dad are like. Yeah, on you're the not other in control side. over there. You have no control. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what's happening behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. So, in order to eliminate that variable, not present it as something that is an option, mm -hmm. you know, when raising your kids. So, what are the ideas? Um, you can invite kids over, make your your house the party house as far as you know, having a good time, having the friends come over. So that that is the way where we're cultivating like the social circles around our kids. Um, secondly, it's the family table. One of the values is to have a family table where it's family discussions and nothing is off, you know, off the table when it comes to discussions. We could talk about, you know, sex. We could talk about, you know, boyfriends. We could talk about, you know, things about ministry, you know, the range of topics, but for them to learn that your voice is very much there, a stable presence, and you won't get shocked at weird things like, what do you think about drugs, mom? What do you think about herbal medicine? What do you mean by herbal medicine? You know, marijuana. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. You know, there are certain things that you could you could address in that family conversation, whether it's around, you know, dinner or whether it's around homeschooling. Another thing is um, education. You gotta decide now what education will look like in your family. Mm -hmm. Is it homeschooling? Mm -hmm. Is it going to public school? It depends on uh, in the part of the country or the world when you're or thinking- Or the child. Yeah, um, because it's reliant upon an agreed mutual, uh, uh, kind of like uh, you're negotiating whether this will be the best plan for you and the child. No one likes a frustrated mom or dad who is barely there and still call it homeschooling. Mm. You have to be all in. Yeah. So it, it's very important. So make sure there are agreed things um, within the agreement when it comes to um, family planning and family education. Um, fourthly, I would say is, you know, where, and this will be hard for a lot of people that are in ministry, you have to agree on how you will perceive kids in a ministry context. For me, I did not raise my kids to be in full-time ministry. That will be tough for a lot of people mm -hmm. when they're hearing this That's because good. you're talking about generational cycles of families that have been in ministry, and this has mm -hmm. never been a discussion. It's, it's always like a definite, I want my kids in ministry. Well, for us, we decided that we wanted to make ministry attractive, and we wanted the Lord to work on their hearts towards ministry. We First of all, it's a love of the house of God yes. and loving God, period, yeah. mm -hmm. period. That's mm -hmm. the end goal. My, my dream was not having my kids as my trophies to show yes. that mm. this is family ministry or full-time ministry. That is not my goal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of like the four things for me that I feel like the, they were um, pivotal values for the Nepstad household. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, when, when you have our daughters around the table, they'll probably reiterate the same thing. It's like, those are the pivotal things of our home that made us who we are and unique to us. And I think it's important to realize that, uh, I don't know if this is a book I read when I was really young, but I have this idea of uh, your child has windows to the soul. 
and it's not your eyes and talking about moments and your child when their heart is open to you mm-hmm. when the soul is open to you it comes at the most inconvenient times you put them to bed and it's like mom <laughs> dad. and n- normally it's like go to bed that's a window that's open mm, so it's explained like this where a girl comes home from school she's crying dad's on his phone checking the sports center and the girl says dad they, they were making fun of me today they called me fat and the dad says you know you're not fat hurry up go upstairs do your homework she goes upstairs the next morning comes down for breakfast and the dad tries to reopen that window hey tell me about what they were saying at school today and she says never mind mm. there was a window open and you didn't jump through it mm-hmm. now it's closed once a teenager or a kid closes wow. the window there ain't nothing the parent can do to open that window up wow. the window is normally open when you're doing something that they enjoy or there's a pain point so i've, I've come to realize when our daughters would open up a window you have to jump through it no matter how inconvenient it is because mm-hmm. you don't know when the next time is going to open so it's like, hey, come jump in the water. I don't want to jump in the Pacific Ocean. That thing is cold. Come jump in the water. And you jump immediately through the window. And now you're having a conversation with them in the ocean. Sure. There's moments like that that most parents miss because they don't recognize the window that's open. And, and, and if you want to, like moms, you want to know how to do the window? Sit by your son while he's playing video games and don't say a word. Just watch him and then yeah. just say something like, man, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> just every <laughs> once in a while just that was cool you watch him kind of stick out his chest and and i did this with one mom uh she was a stepmom her 15 year old son would not talk to her i told her to do this to not be barking orders or demanding him to respond just go do something together that they love well they went on a hike together she said i put it in, into practice i didn't say a word but an hour into this hike he starts opening up about a girlfriend. And she wanted to pounce, but she remembered my words, didn't say a thing. Then he starts talking about schooling, and she wanted to pounce, didn't say a word. And pretty soon, they walked for three hours or hiked for three hours. At the end, he said, Mom, this is the best hike we've ever had. <laughs> and then he said, "Can I, hey, you're going on a three-hour drive next week for work. Can I go with you? She came crying oh, to wow. us saying, it worked, it worked. He's opening up to me. Well, these kids do have windows. You just have to know when to jump through. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to be around them yes. for the window to be open, for you to be there when the window does open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you said is so important. When kids begin to open up their window of their heart and they begin to tell you maybe they got in trouble or something they're struggling mm-hmm. with, you have to be super cool yeah. in how you respond. Because if you respond poorly, that window closes. Absolutely. The next time, there's fewer opportunities of yeah. that. And so even if they've done something wrong, like one of your big three, like, oh, if you ever do this, you know, I'm going to have a flipping conniption fit, <laughs> right? And then they do it, you better be cool about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And uh, because it gives you a chance, we would call it to pastor them. Yeah. Gives you a yeah. chance to, to really pastor their heart because um, those don't happen all the time. Right. And you have to recognize it and be and that's when they need it. you the most. That's when yeah. they need you the most. And listen, when your kids do something stupid and they're going to do something stupid, be cool. Just relax. Make it conversational at first. You can later come back, when I say later, like the next day. But in the heat of the moment, yeah. just listen to their heart. Try to right. discern what is coming out of their heart. Are they repentive? Are they sorry sure. for what they did? 
are are they inquisitive and then you know from wisdom holy spirit you come back and you can begin to shape that and that's hard as a parent especially these teenage years their hearts are always open when they're zero to five years old Mm -hmm. i mean just rolling around on the floor with them their hearts are open to you but as these seasons that you described earlier Mm -hmm. as you get older in those seasons the windows are more far and few between so you have to be sensitive and the verse that says train up a child in the way they should go and when they're old they won't depart from it it literally has to do with that gives the idea of a, a a hebrew mother nursing but you first stick your finger in the mouth of the baby to cultivate you know the thirst for the sucking motion before their latch that's the context of that verse it's like create a thirst for spiritual things Create, create a third, and don't, and pastors, if you're listening, or leaders, or don't talk badly about what Jesus loves. So I would get in the car, minivan. We had a minivan for 17 years. I'm not proud. But you of have that. four kids. You have a minivan. <laughs> it was, it was a minivan purgatory. It was where it was. But we've been delivered. Um, <laughs> I, it's coming back, grandkids. You're gonna get another minivan. <laughs> That's I'll my goal. <laughs> you sound like Amy. She wanted one. I oh, want Amy. one. I was like, Toyota no Sienna. Way. Yes, yes, sir. Our, yes, sir. Our kids were like, Amy, we're mom. We're all grown up now. We don't need a minivan. No, you can't. I want one all the way. It makes me feel cool. <laughs> well, I, I felt badly, and I had to repent because after church services, we get in the car, and I would, as a pastor, complain about something. Just, just something that happened at the church didn't go right. The mic wasn't on. Man, I can't believe the projector, you know, did this or that. And one day the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, what are you doing? Mm. You have four little girls listening to you complain about the bride of Christ. Every, every week. And so now I changed it. And we say this, if you can't say something nice, force yourself to. Typically, like all, you're, all your minds say, went to, yeah. don't say anything at all. But you can say a lot without saying something. Right. With those yeah, eye rolls. Yeah. I can hear the eye rolls sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For, there's got to be something good that you can speak about. So I'd get in the van frustrated, mm-hmm. and I'd turn around. Girls, I can't believe you helped 100 people come to Jesus today. Really, Dad? Oh, my. Yeah. And you encourage what you want repeated. It's mm, good. They'd be worshiping, and then they get tired. I'd lean over and say, hey, girls. If you worship real good, we'll get ice cream after, and the hands will go right back up. (laughs) Reward what you want repeated, and it's this process and journey of bringing them on the journey with you. We don't have two worlds. We have one world, and it's Jesus at the center. See, I remember uh, us and our kids were teenagers, and they, they didn't worship. They would stand there in church with us, and they would just stand there, and Amy would see other teenagers and going, I wish our kids would worship like them, like Amy. You don't know what the Lord's doing in their heart. Mm. And so you just have to be patient and let the Lord work on their heart and uh, wait for opportunities and have discussions with them. And then, of course, now they're all in ministry. And, uh, well, the three boys are. And uh, Emily loves the church and serves the church mm-hmm. and is involved in the church. Brilliant businesswoman. Yeah, she she really, she really is. exceptional. But, but the point is that if they're not doing exactly what you want them to be doing, don't compare them to other kids. Yeah. That's for sure. You don't yeah. want to compare them to their siblings. But don't compare them to other kids. But uh, when they do, or in those seasons, just be patient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just wait and pray for them. Of course, now they all worship the Lord. But you, you're just talking about worship yeah, reminding yeah. me of those moments. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't have any hard data on this. This is my assumption. I feel like every teenager needs at least eight major encounters with the holy spirit before age 18. yeah Mm. 
And I only say that because as a youth pastor and a lead pastor, I've seen kids who had three, four encounters and, and go walk away. And I don't know if, if it's that number, it might be wrong, but that's why the, you bring them to church as much as possible. You know, and so many parents give their kids so many outs. Is your kid in youth group? No, he doesn't want to go. And I'm like, do you give your kid a, a, an option whether to go to school or not? Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't know anybody. Yeah, they didn't know anybody at school either. And then they made friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bring the tr- this is what we do. Yeah, this is this is who we are. We love the house of God, and we uh, we try to create as many environments. Because we never knew when the Holy Spirit was going to encounter them. Totally, that open window. Yes, you don't know when that's going to happen at church. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to say something there, so you you have to get them around it as that's much. That's why as you these can. conferences, like you're doing, is so important. Mm-hmm. It's these are life changing, pivotal moments. Yeah. That oh, I remember camp and summer camp. We didn't do conferences back then. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember those moments. I remember them right now. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what happened on Wednesday night at youth service, mm-hmm. but I remember those mm-hmm. certain moments where. I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I had eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> but he had them be- before he healthy, was 12. He was, a, he was far, healthy child. far, far ahead of his time. Oh, man. This uh, this conversation has been so rich and, and have appreciated so much of what you guys have shared. I'd love to kind of as we close close it out, let's, let's leave the listeners with kind of like your best parenting nugget. Like, you you say you got one shot. They say, give me give me your best. What is it that I I I, I got to glean from you that you have learned? What would that be as we get ready to close the conversation? Mama mm-hmm. wisdom here. Um, ministry is always out there. There's ministry galore, um, but you only get one chance to raise your kid. Don't allow a nanny mm. to pour into your child what only you can pour into your child. So mm-hmm. good. That's good. That's it. Strong. Very strong. Mm-hmm. Sean, you gonna follow that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I gave my nuggets in the beginning. I'm all I'm spent. I'm all out of nuggets. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we can go to McDonald's get you some more nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is about being there. And I know for you parents, some of you have some major weight on your heart right now for your children that are far. From you or far from God or the stress some of you are listening to this burping your baby right now and postpartum is setting in and it's just it's weighty you cannot do this alone you need a church family and you need a small group to help you through this mm-hmm. but you're gonna make it you have the Word of God mm-hmm. and um, it you have to rely on his word and you look at his how he's modeled it for us he's he's a father and so the way that he has graced us and walked with us and been patient with us and corrected us and all these things, we're taking the cues from him. And um, I'm, I'll just let you know, I'm praying for you and your family today. Hmm. So good. So good. Well, this has been rich. Randy, you want to add anything as we close? Um, I don't know. I just, I want to, this keeps coming to me. So I'll end with a, with a nugget here as well. And that is that your kids have a, divine purpose in their lives and it doesn't mean ministry uh they could be a teacher or a doctor or whatever uh you know they could own their own business whatever it is it doesn't matter but Mm -hmm. it's a divine purpose that god has put inside them and whether it be ministry which a lot of times we you know kind of lean in that direction and force them into ministry which they didn't choose ministry it chose them Mm -hmm. 
just simply by being in that home. So there's an extra pressure on them. And maybe we try to force them in that direction. Or I've seen parents, you know, try to take their own personal experiences they've had growing up and then try to make their kids have an experience that is different than theirs to try to make up for the bad experience they had or what they Mm -hmm. missed or what was Mm -hmm. happened to them that they wish didn't, they don't want that to happen to their kids. So therefore we start self-imposing purpose on our kids from Mm. experiences or outside or external influences. And all I would tell you is that your kids have a divine purpose. And our job for the years that we have them, to 18 or it's season, not necessarily always an age, and that is to mine for that and help them discover what that is Mm -hmm. and, and, and use everything that you have to help them discover and live that purpose. That is our job. It's a God-centered purpose. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it has to be ministry. Right. It's love the Lord and love His bride. Yeah. That is for sure. You don't even have to pray if that's it. But there's like a career. Like what are they going to live and then mm-hmm. do for their lives? It's helping them discover that divine purpose. Mm-hmm. And if you accomplish that with them loving God and loving His church, you have done your job yeah. well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Well, Sean, Diana, thank you guys so much for joining us today and being a part of the conversation. You added so much to to us and myself and those that are listening. And we just greatly appreciate you being here. Glad you're here for 12 Conference and your kids are are joining us. It's going to be a great week. And uh, yeah, as always, it's a great podcast, great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening. For more resources, go to the relate network.com.